A weaker US dollar, a president slipping in the polls, more attacks against China. But can any of it have any more impact than COVID-19, which continues to rage with cases rising in Europe and not levelling off that much really in the United States? And of course, longer lockdowns in New Zealand and Victoria. Today, will Japan surpass the UK with the dubious title of taking the worst hit from the virus with Q2 GDP numbers out soon? And the Democratic Convention starts in the US. How much is US politics playing into the markets right now? It's Monday, the 17th of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar fell another quarter percent on Friday on the DXY. It's not quite as low as early 2018, but it is almost 3% lower than it was at the lowest point last year and 4.2% down since the start of July this year. And it's not because investors are switching to gold because COMEX was down 1% on Friday and more than 4% down across last week. Even so, Berkshire Hathaway has invested half a billion in their latest reports. Half a billion has gone to Gold Corp. They've moved out of many banking stocks and airlines as well, of course. Currencies like the pound, the euro and the Aussie dollar, all of which gained on Friday, were pretty much flat over the whole week last week. Equities stalled. The S&P and Nasdaq both fell a little on Friday. The Dow was up just 0.1%. But who's counting when it's up 5.7% so far this month? And oil, WTI, down half percent on Friday, adding to the falls on Thursday. But over the week, it was almost 2% up. In Australia, 10-year bond yields, government bond yields were up five basis points on Friday, even though there wasn't much bond action anywhere else, with the ASX 200 up 0.6%. But that is all so last week. What about today? Well, let's ask Rodrigo Catrill, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in Sydney. I guess those US-China trade talks are going to be important today. Off the table now, we're told, for the foreseeable future because of scheduling errors. That was the excuse. But uh, that might actually be quite a good thing, because we know things won't improve, but they could get worse so actually nobody talking might actually be a safer option mightn't it <laughs> morning phil yeah um we we didn't get a lot of reaction from from those news uh, in terms of markets uh, but um it is it is a little bit intriguing um in the sense that um you know we all knew that this meeting was happening and they knew of course and and then all of a sudden as the last minute there's been a scheduling mismatch so it seems like a, an excuse really um uh, but as you say um no news is good news, at least on, on that front. The market is obviously super sensitive to, to the potential or, or risk that this uh, trade uh, deal breaks through. Uh, and uh, any breakdown on that will, will be a massive uh, risk of uh, trigger. Uh, but at the moment, it seems that there's no appetite from both sides to kind of mess around with that. Uh, but certainly this appetite from President Trump to continue to put pressure on, on, on China on, on other dimensions, particularly on the tech side. Uh, with comments over the weekend that he's now looking to extend those those sort of restrictions to business uh, Chinese businesses operating in mm. the US, and now Alibaba is potentially the next yeah. one in line. So um, that is the one to yeah. watch. Now. Although he did, he, I mean, he was asked about that, wasn't he, at a press conference? And uh, somebody said, "Are you going to ban Alibaba?" And he said. We're looking at other things, yes. That was about the, the extent of his commitment. So maybe it, it could be overplayed a bit. We'll, we'll wait and see on that. But uh, he's also uh, given ByteDance, the uh, people who own TikTok, 90 days to sell uh, TikTok, uh, or the dancing stops. Um, so And also, potentially, uh, uh, he's going to end uh, the temporary waiver with firms doing business with Huawei. So it is all ramping up, isn't it? But those on, on trade talks, I mean, China, it's hard, isn't it, to expect... 
China is going to meet all the targets that were set for phase one, given the virus and all. And it does seem like they've, you know, they've tried to do their best. So, for example, soybean sales last month uh, was high as soybean sales in the first six months of the year as sales to China. So uh, I'd imagine it'd be very hard, wouldn't it, for President Trump? He wouldn't want that deal to go backwards this close to an election. It wouldn't be good politics. No, it wouldn't. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, the, the deal was technically set up in terms of yearly targets. We're only halfway through to the process. Mm. So um, I suppose from a, if you like, legal perspective, uh, President Trump made, made, made comment the saying, well, they're falling behind so far in terms of the target for the year. Um, but you really, you cannot accuse them of failing to deliver because uh, we're only halfway through the process. So, um, that, that's one of the views that why uh, many don't think that, uh, the, the trade deal can fail at the moment, given that, um, you know, we're only halfway through it. So it's certainly, it's, it's, it's still very sensitive. And as you say, um, it doesn't seem to be a good idea for President Trump to go hard on that one just ahead of the elections and given how important it is, particularly for the agricultural sector. So retail sales uh, out of the US on Friday for last month rose 1.2%. Uh, so, and that is, uh, they're, of course, you know, it's not quite as much as in June when they were up 8.4% or 18.3% in May. Uh, but I wonder whether that, uh, and I think they're now more or less back where they were, weren't they, before the uh, before the virus struck. But I mean, a, a big chunk of retail sales obviously is is eating food, and that hasn't stopped. But also, you know, is it uh, can we expect it to continue, particularly if we don't have those stimulus checks? Uh, if we, you know, the the one thousand two hundred dollars that was given out, or the unemployment bonus of the six hundred dollars or less, if it if it's four hundred uh, or whatever it might be. But if that doesn't happen at all, then retail sales you you assume are going to be down quite a bit in August unless a deal is done? Well, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I suppose the good news is that the, the, the core readings, which is the one that feeds onto, onto GDP, was much better than expected. Um, but as you say, there's clearly um, a lot of uncertainty surrounding, you know, job security and in- income prospects, uh, particularly given, you know, now this gap that is going to be emerging between, you know, the, the stimulus and support coming from government and what hopefully will be a new round of stimulus once the, the U.S. politicians, uh, you know, agree on something. But certainly there's a lot of uncertainty. And in addition to those retail sales numbers, we also got the Michigan consumer sentiment, which again, uh, print essentially unchanged, but at very, very subdued levels. And this, of course, has been before all this uncertainty yeah. coming from, you know, the lack of agreement and so the stimulus. So you have to expect that the consumer will now even be more concerned than what it was, you know, a month ago. So uh, it doesn't bode well for for uh, consumption and for the prospects of, of of sentiment, if you like, from the consumer side, uh, or at least at the coming month. Now, the the virus, of course, not letting up. Over a quarter of a million new cases globally each day. More than five thousand deaths. We've got the lockdown extending in Victoria, even though the number of cases is easing off. The UK has added France to its quarantine list as. Uh, its own number of cases in uh, in the UK, but also many parts of Europe as well, starts to, to creep up. Uh, India, very much a hotspot now, close to 1,000 fatalities a day, which is about the same as where the US still is. We're not actually seeing, even though the, the, the cases are starting to ease in the United States, the fatality rate is uh, being very slow to trail off. 
So the markets are going to be bearing all of that in mind this week, aren't they? These are still going to be numbers that everyone is going to be looking at very closely. Yeah, I mean, if anything, the, the interesting thing has been that, you know, we've got the US equity market sort of consolidating at very essentially just, just below record highs. So the, if you look at the equity market, you think, well, there's still, you know, everything is fine. Uh, but yet, when you look at the, the virus numbers, there's certainly those numbers are increasing and those hotspots that have been a concern are now becoming a bigger concern. Um, you know, to some extent, we've seen a little bit of ev- evidence of that in European equity markets in terms of performance on Friday, where, you know, the news coming from the UK in terms of the banning and also the, the big numbers that we got not only in Spain, but in France and also in Germany. Um, we, we saw some weakness, particularly in the travel and tourism sort of sector. In the, in the equity market. So that's something to keep an eye on because um, the numbers are keeping increasing and therefore um, it's reasonable to expect that the market will now start paying a little bit more attention to that. So it's certainly something to look at. And of course, in Australia as well, we now have Victoria extending those those uh, lockdown periods for another four weeks. And as you said, New Zealand as well is, is, is still, yeah. I mean, New Zealand in terms of the numbers is still great compared to, to you know, the, the level of infection we've seen elsewhere. Yeah. And yet that those... Uh, restrictions are going to have an economic impact in New Zealand as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we saw the New Zealand dollar f- uh, fell 1% last week. It's actually the worst of the G10 currencies. The the Kiwi Aussie cross is the lowest it's been since October uh, 2018. The, the highest. Hi- highest. The highest. The highest. The highest. Because it's the other way around. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay, let me do. Let me rephrase that. The, ki- the Aussie Kiwi cross is at its lowest yeah. <laughs> since yeah. October 2018. I mean, it just shows how circumstances change, doesn't it? I mean, even though, as you're saying, the numbers aren't that great, just the impact of this of this lockdown and, I guess, the RBNZ being so much more dovish than the RBA last week. Yes. So for the Aussie Kiwi cross, that, that in particular has been the huge contrast in terms of sort of uh, – approach or guidance that the, the two central banks are giving. The, clearly, uh, the Arabian said is more concerned about the economic outlook and is also more willing to act on that concern. Um, and then, of course, not only they, they're already increasing the amount of quantitative easing, but they've, they've hinted very strongly that uh, negative rates are a consideration and that they will be willing to even consider a currency intervention. So that in contrast uh, to the RBA, you know, we mm-hmm. had Governor Lowe, uh, and uh, speaking on Friday, and he reiterated again the view that in Australia it would be extremely unlikely to to get negative rates, and also that he doesn't see uh, currency intervention as an option, particularly given that uh, the Aussie dollar is trading close to fundamentals. And whenever you you do currency intervention, is only really effective if if you, the currency is massively overvalued or undervalued, for that matter. And and at the moment, the, there's no case in that sense for for the Aussie to to be over around the value. So huge contrast in terms of central bankers kind of approach is, is one of the factors also uh, pushing that Aussie Kiwi cross higher. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to find out today the New Zealand Prime Minister is going to announce if, if the election, which is scheduled for September the 19th, is going to go ahead or not. Uh, or are they just going to close the uh, post boxes to stop the postal vote? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> look, today the UK might not be the country with the worst GDP hit from the virus. We'll find out because Japan's Q2 GDP could be much worse. I mean, they obviously have that big export dependency, selling a lot of stuff that people just don't want to buy right now. Yes, I mean, that, that's been kind of the interesting sort of dynamics in terms of the major developed economies uh, since the, the virus uh, began. Uh, Japan hasn't been, 
hugely affected. It's not in the headlines because of the huge amount of infections, and yet its economy has been badly hit by by the virus. And as you say, one of the factors have been the fact that you know Japan is a much more open economy, very much dependent on trade, and that obviously has been a massive massive dent to the economy. Uh, but the other, the other factor as well has been the fact that we got to remember that Japan had introduced these taxes in October and that had a huge impact on the consumer. So Japan was, or the consumer was already kind of on a, on a weak point before all of this began. Uh, and now we're seeing the, the, the impact and the, uh, the potential is clearly for, for Japan to, to print the, the, the worst Q2 GDP print. Um, the market is looking for a print of just uh, minus 26.5%, I think it is. Um, so that will certainly surpass that minus 20% mm. that we got uh, from, from the UK. So it's, it's unfortunately a, a bad news, but it's, it's one of the themes to watch today for, for so, Japan. So uh, the, the tick data from the United States should be interesting today. Who's buying what in terms of securities from, from the US or overseas? We also get the Empire Manufacturing August release uh, and the NAHB Housing Market Index for August as well. But hey, it's also the start of the Democratic Convention in the United States. From uh, from today through till Thursday, the latest YouGov poll has Biden uh, 10 points ahead now, 52 versus 42. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Just how important is US politics in terms of the markets this week? Yes, I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, There are kind of interesting aspects, not only in terms of um, the, the distinction, uh, between the policies that Democrats are likely to put forward in terms of the campaign compared to what Republicans will, will present next week will be one theme. But the other one, I think, which will be very important is how the market and how particularly the voters react to this whole uncertainty around the stimulus and the virus. There's going to be a lot of blame game going on. Um, mm. no doubt the Democrats are going to call out the mismanagement of the virus and so on. And it will be interesting to see uh, how the voters react to all of this, uh, particularly, you know, given that now essentially um, the market and individuals will be very much focused on on the US elections coming up early November. Okay, well, we'll watch that with interest this week. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Rodrigo. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks, Mark. And that is how things are this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.